Hey, it's Anthony, how to get into dramaschool.com, the world's number one resource for college auditions, getting you accepted into the best acting programs. Today's podcast features my close friend and actor in New York City and Juilliard classmate, Brandon Gill. The incomparable Brandon Gill actually did not even have enough time to get on a live podcast with me. Uh, in other words, he's running to readings, he's running to rehearsals, he's running to you know meetings, etc. That uh, a life of a New York actor is. So what I told him was, I'll send you questions, and uh, he was able to kind of in the middle of his day, kind of throughout his day, he was able to press record on his phone and 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 pour into that question, you know, share with us how he got into drama school and different questions. So this isn't a live podcast, but it's actually really cool because that's kind of how it is sometimes. You just kind of do things in the cracks of your day as an actor and you make it all happen. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is Brandon Gill, how to get into dramaschool.com. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, y'all? My name is Brandon Gill. I'm an acting coach and actor out of New York City. I currently live here, and I currently work here as well. Um, I attended LaGuardia High School, and after that, I went to the Juilliard School, graduated from their drama division with a Bachelor in Fine Arts in 2009. I was lucky enough to be in the class with Anthony Wofford, and then also to have Mari Cheatham to be an upperclassman of ours. Like, you know, who set the pace and was the inspiration to all of us on how this acting thing was supposed to go. Awesome. So the next question I asked Brandon was to describe his journey as an actor. What was his training journey like? You know, what is it that ultimately led him to audition for these world-class conservatories? Let's find out. So we all have, like, you know, different paths into the art. But at the end of the day, it's all the same goal. So... I started acting professionally when I was 11. So I started doing voiceovers and commercials, a lot for like uh, Cox Cable and like, you know, anti-drug-free America commercials, things like that. And then after that, uh, once I started 14, I started going to LaGuardia High School as a drama major there as well. And my high school experience was... It was amazing. I really got, I think I got some good training. I met some some great friends that I have till today. And specifically at LaGuardia, we learned the Stanislavski message, with it, which is uh, inside out. Inside out means creating your inner life, which is going to then affect your behavior and your physical life on the outside. That's something that we really focused on. But it was a very nurturing environment. Um, I never would have auditioned for... Juilliard if it wasn't for my high school drama teacher Mr. Schiffman. Also fun fact is that my high school director James Moody he was the first African American to graduate from the Juilliard drama division. He was in group one and so I was lucky enough to have him direct me in my senior project at LaGuardia High School. Nice. Alright. Great. The next question I asked Brandon was about his family. All of us have different family dynamics, and I wanted to know about his. How did they feel about him training as an actor? Did they have any issues with the money situation? Um, You know, there's a lot of different dynamics going on, so I think it's important to hear people's stories. Um, And so this is Brandon talking about his family. And also I asked specifically, hey, did you ever get uh, an idea to double major, or do you recommend having a fallback plan? So these are his thoughts. So once I decided to audition for LaGuardia High School and then audition for the Juilliard, you know, 
Luckily, I had a family that was very supportive. My mom was a singer, and my grandmother was a dancer back in the day, and so they knew a little bit about the arts and what it took to to become a successful artist. Um, you know, and I, I do have to say that Juliet was not cheap. Juliet was not cheap at all. But luckily, I was able to receive a scholarship for three and a half years to Juilliard. So that was a blessing. So. I only really had to pay for a semester. And after I paid that, you know, I really just had to focus on honing my craft and, like, working on what I came there to do. Um, I decided to go to a school where I only had to focus on one thing. I didn't want a double major. Um, do I recommend a double major? If I'm going to be completely honest, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because I think plan B distraction plan A. And if you set your heart and your soul and your mind on one thing, then that's what you're going to accomplish. And that's what you have to go after. Okay, there you go. So hope you're taking notes. This is some good stuff. If you have any questions or comments or anything like that, always remember you can email me, Anthony, at howtogetintodramaschool.com. We talk about this stuff all the time, and sometimes it's a case-by-case basis, so you might need personal help. Never hesitate to reach out. Communicate. So let's move on. We've learned a lot about Brandon's past. Now let's get into the meat of it. Preparation for the monologues and the audition. I asked him, what monologues did you choose? What schools did you choose? How did you find those monologues? So here's uh, Brandon on his preparation. So when I decided to audition for schools, I thought for sure that I was going to go to Boston Conservatory for musical theater. That's what I set my mind on and that's where I was going to go. Um, But after speaking to a teacher, he suggested Maybe a couple of days before the application deadline for Juilliard. He was like, why don't you audition for Juilliard? And so I actually put that on my list. But I auditioned for Juilliard, NYU, Boston Conservatory, Carnegie Mellon, Emerson, North Carolina School of the Arts, uh, Cincinnati School of Music. I believe those are all the schools that I had auditioned for. And all the schools were different. Most of the acting departments or acting programs at the schools, they asked for two to four monologues. For Juilliard, they asked for four monologues, two contemporary, two classical. So I did two classical or Romeo from Romeo and Juliet. I did Othello from Othello. I did Before It Gets Home by Cheryl D. West. And I also did The Laramie Project. Those are my four monologues. Out of my whole audition at Juilliard, they only asked me to do three, but I had four prepared. Um, I found those monologues because at LaGuardia High School, for my senior project, I had done Before It Hits Home, and I had played the character of the monologue that I had chosen, so I chose that monologue. And then the other half of my class had done Laramie Project, and I really wanted to be in that show, but I wasn't cast in that show, so I did a monologue from that show as well. Uh, my third year at LaGuardia, which was a Shakespeare slot, I did Othello. So that's where I chose that monologue. And who was the other one? Um, Before It Hits Home, Othello. Before It Hits Home. <laughs> Sorry. Before It Hits Home was my contemporary. Laren Project was my contemporary. Oh, and Romeo. I also chose Romeo because... That was just a character that always spoke to me. And I felt like I definitely, I still want to play it. I haven't played it yet, but 
That's definitely a character I want to play. So that's how I chose my monologues. Okay, yes, yes, love it. He did not play Romeo. However, Brandon didn't mention that he played an awesome Orlando, which is the lead lover in As You Like It. And maybe, you know, he's still wanting to uh, do a tragic lover because obviously As You Like It's a comedy. And he did amazing. So um, he's an awesome actor. I hope he gets to play Romeo. Um, Love you, Brandon. So... Next question was, what's the most important thing today? Like, let's say an actor is looking today at the monologues that they want to do for college auditions. What's the most important thing they need to be looking for? Let's listen. When choosing my pieces to audition for drama school, I really thought it was important to choose pieces that I connected with, connected with emotionally, connected with uh, psychologically. And also I thought were close to self. Close to self meaning individuals or characters that I felt like I had a lot in common with, whether it be age, whether it be life experience or or the way they were brought up. But a lot of emotional and psychological things that I felt like I had in common with the character. Something that was close to the experiences that I've experienced before at that age. So at that time I was at 18. So a lot of my characters range between the ages of 18 and like 23 just so I can, just something that was close enough to some of the experiences that I have had. So I didn't feel like I was stretching myself too much to portray a character. All right, good stuff. So next question was, what is it like to audition for schools? And I just left it at that. What is it like? Let's hear. Auditioning for schools is a very interesting process. It's it's very different than a quote-unquote professional audition for either Broadway film or television. It's a very specific type of audition. What I would say to you is treat them all as different experiences. There will be different people. They will give you different directions. And remember that acting is subjective. Remember that the things that they're going to ask you for and the directions they're going to give you is going to be very specific to the people who are in that room who are viewing your pieces at that time. It doesn't make the way your pieces, the way you're doing them wrong. It doesn't make them right. Just they want to see something different. And that's okay. That's the thing about acting. There are 101 ways to do one thing. There are 101 ways to do one thing. That's the that's the best thing about acting. So never feel put in a box and know that you're going to go, you're going to audition. It's going to be a different process for you. And that's okay. That is entirely okay. Uh, one tip I would say is that try to make it new for yourself. It's never going to go the same way. And do the monologue from where you are at that moment at that time. Another thing I've learned over the years after coaching people for many auditions and then actually being in many auditions myself is that nine times out of ten, the people behind the table are looking for you to be yourself, be who you are, come in with your personality, your goals, your feels, your fears, your accomplishments and be who you are. When you walk into the room, that's the time for you to take up the space take your time and to present yourself as the artist that you'd like to present yourself as you do your work that's what people want to see people want to see people who have invested in themselves and you've invested in yourselves to get a coach to help you in your monologues you've invested in yourselves to even make it a dream of yours that you need to go to a school to get training all of that counts and all of that matters 
Yeah, that is true. And that is really helpful. Uh, that, that tip is really helpful. Always try to make it new for yourself. So I remember doing different exercises. I remember being, you know, the, the piece is so malleable when you always are trying to make it new. So if you can walk into that audition and, you know, really feel like in control of the piece so much that you can do it any way that they ask, you know, let's say they give you an adjustment to do it like a wolf. You know, something crazy. You have already done other things that really are just keeping it fresh, new, malleable. And um, I think that's a great tip. Keep it new and uh, you'll feel great. So the next thing I did was I asked him to describe his specifically his Juilliard audition in detail. A lot of people ask, you know, how was it auditioning for Juilliard? So this is uh, Brandon's experience auditioning for Juilliard. So my Juilliard audition was very interesting because... I did very, very little about Juilliard when I went to go audition. Um, so once I got there, my audition was from roughly 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night. Uh, the time that I had gone, there was a severe snowstorm, so I didn't get home until very late. But so I went, I auditioned in the morning. The morning slides from like 8 to like 11 or 12-ish. And then they put you on a break, and they auditioned, they auditioned the the afternoon individuals and so then after the audition after afternoon individual individuals they put up a call a callback sheet i did my two monologues i did well first i did i always did three monologues in every room i did i did my laramie project i did before he hits home and i did othello i never got to do my romeo monologue for any of my juilliard auditions <laughs> funny enough but always prepare all four and so after they auditioned the morning and the afternoon slot, they cut us down from roughly about 500 to like 300 to 500. They cut us down to 14. 14 of us have got, got callbacks. Once that list went up with the 14 people, I was like, whoa. Now I know the type of program that I'm auditioning for. I understand now. And so from the 14, they made us all do our monologues again in front of all of the faculty. So about 30 people in a room. Um, and I did my two monologues and they always asked for a third one. Looking back now, they asked for a third one because my Larry Project monologue, actually, to be honest, it wasn't that hot. It wasn't that good. It's probably a little slow, a little boring, could have done more work on it. So they always asked for a third monologue, which I was more involved emotionally invested in and so i think that showcased me better than my laramie my laramie piece and so from the 14 they cut us down to 11 and then they had us do exercises some physical exercises some voice and speech exercises and then some monologue exercises from 14 they cut us on 11 and from 11 then they cut us down to nine and from the nine then they cut us down to five and basically, but from, from 11 to 5, we were just doing exercises. Just doing little class exercises from um, some of the classes that they teach. I sang 16 bars of the song that they requested. And then the five of us got interviews. And in the interview, it was really basically a one-on-one -on -one with some of the teachers. Just talking about my goals and my aspirations and why I wanted to go to Juilliard. What I wanted to do with my art and why I wanted to be an artist. I think that's very important for us all to think about. Why do you want to go to the school that's your top choice? Why do you want to be an artist? And then what, most importantly, what do you want to do with your art? Fantastic. 
just dropping gold nuggets. Hope you guys are taking notes. Brandon is the bomb. That's why he teaches with us at howtogetintodramaschool.com. So wanted to ask him one more question, which was, what do you think the schools don't want to see? You know, just so you can kind of be on the lookout for things that are definitely not interesting to the schools. And also, you know, really in his best opinion, what is it that got him in to Juilliard? So let's wrap it up. Here's Brandon. Enjoy. So after coaching some people on auditions and hearing their feedback about what goes on in the room and actually going on auditions myself, what I definitely feel like schools don't want to see is schools don't want to see the idea of what you think they want. Schools don't want you to come in and be anybody else but yourself. I think that's the biggest thing and sometimes the biggest mistake that we make as actors because our job is to walk into a room and make people like us. Let me do it this way. Did you like that? Let me do it this way. Did you like that? But at the end of the day, we need to be doing things that come from our heart, come from our spirit, come from our soul. So make sure you're going there and being authentically yourself because your art will be way better being filtered through your own emotions and your own view and your own skew of life. So I definitely think me going in there and having no pretense and no idea actually what Juilliard was and treating it like it was just another school, I think that's honestly what got me in. I think it's the fact that I had I had no preconceived notion of what I was getting myself into. Juilliard is just another school. It's a great school and it's a great program. But at the end of the day, it's another training program. And all training programs do not fit you. Just because you do not get into Juilliard doesn't mean that you weren't good. Just because you don't get into Carnegie Mellon doesn't mean you weren't good. It, every school is different. And you need to go and present yourself. And so I think that was the one thing that really stood out to the individuals who were judging me at Juilliard is that I came in there and I was willing to be myself. So I dare you and I implore you to go out and be yourself and do the best you can because your art will speak for itself. Your, your, your work ethic will speak for itself. And at the end of the day, your art is your art and it's all subjective. If you feel good about it, then people will feel great about it. Thank you, Brandon. Awesome stuff. You guys, I hope you had an awesome time listening to this podcast. These are my friends. These are people who worked hard on their monologues, got into drama school, and you can too. Make sure you take notes. Work hard on your monologues. Reach out to us if you need support. Again, my name is Anthony Wofford, howtogetintodramaschool.com, and we'll see you next time.